Hello and welcome to the Fit and Feminist podcast with fitness and nutrition coaches Lauren and Lindsay. Our aim is to educate and empower women to take control and rebuild confidence with their health, fitness and lives. We have the fitness facts and no-nonsense nutrition tips you need for success with a hefty dose of feminism thrown in. With top bands and massive oversharing along the way, we hope you finish each episode feeling a step closer to the life and results you deserve. If you'd like more of us or have a question you'd like answering on the podcast, you can message us at Lauren Randall Fitness and at Lindsay Wells PT and Nutrition. All right, let's get started. Hi, Catherine and Lindsay. Hi, hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> I'm putting on my best Scottish accent. Yeah. So Catherine lives in Scotland, but she's not Scottish. And no, unfortunately. I'm nickname We Cathy. Yes, it's kind of stuck that nickname. Where are you? Where are you from? Where do I'm actually this? from like Loughborough area, Loughborough, right. Nottingham, England, yeah. uh, England. But I've lived up in Scotland for like twelve years now. Uh, originally came up here for university, and then just never left. That's so, fair. Yeah. Scotland is lovely. It is really beautiful where I am. Like it's, I'm like Stirling, so I'm really close to Edinburgh and Glasgow, and then it's like easy to get up to the Highlands as well. So it's a really nice place to live. Yeah, lovely. Lots of nice air. <laughs> nice air. We're <laughs> I mean, in God's country. We've got really nice. We've air. got really well. I mean, we're not having a, an air battle off here, but we have pretty nice air. We do have, I think, yeah, we could probably do a little test on that. See who's got the best. <laughs> you guys come and visit and you can, like, test the air out of here Definitely. and see what you think. We do need a group meet-up, for sure. It's, it's going to happen. Manifest that shit. So, Catherine, how has your morning been? It's been good, thanks, Lauren. I have, what did I do? I went to the gym, but I didn't actually train in the gym. So I went with Hannah and she, she worked out and I sat and did some work in the cafe with a coffee, which was very, very nice. Oh, but... Okay. It's like a 20 minute walk so like I came back just before this podcast and I'm like I was telling you before we started recording that I'm like freezing but I'm starting to warm up I've got my hot water bottle I've got a cup of coffee and I've got you guys oh the icicles are starting to melt out of your nostrils yeah <laughs> no frozen eyelashes how about you guys my morning has been a bloody disaster from every from the moment I got up and I was saying to you guys I don't believe in all this full moon stuff it's the moon it's the moon but 100% the moon is fucking with my juju juju so the generator stopped working today so i didn't have my lights fantastic my timer broke during class both my sets of speakers died then when we tried to log into Lindsay's zoom account we got ourselves blocked out because we got the password wrong too many times there was another one (laughs) there was another one but i can't remember so oh i know what the other one was the buoyancy (laughs) (laughs) shut up Shut up! I'm editing this bit out. Basically, you know, right before the podcast, I said, just having a poo. Right, well, it's really buoyant. (laughs) It wouldn't go down. I am not keeping this in the podcast. You have to keep this in the podcast. Lauren came down and she was like, "Um, if you go to the toilet, there's like a little bit of poo in there. (laughs) I flushed it twice and it's so buoyant. I'm like, just fucking go down, bro. Don't worry, I won't go and look at your poo. So yeah, it's just been one shit after another, <laughs> one floating Literally. turd of a morning. You've been eating too fast. That's what's been happening. It's, it's full a, of air. Full of air. Well, slow down, Lauren. Less about my poo, more about <laughs> Catherine. Tell us, Catherine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've got you on today <laughs> to talk about menopause. You are menopause queen. You know everything, and we have a bazillion questions to get through. So, so tell us a little bit about like you what you do and yeah let's just go for it oh this is like the worst bit isn't it like you're talking about yourself yeah like oh enough about me um so yeah i'm i'm an online coach um i've been doing online coaching for like two years now so i'm like relatively fresh to the biz um i work with esg fitness so i'm an esg fitness coach so i work with uh, andy emma and um, shona on like commit to six I do one-to-one coaching as well. So like I do group, I do one-to-one coaching. Um, And like predominantly, like I work with menopause clients, like perimenopause clients. And that wasn't like originally something that I went into coaching, having like an interest in or like a specialism in. Like I never started coaching me like, I really want to work with like people who are going through the perimenopause. Cranky old women. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it was like never on my radar right so like I was like I knew very little about the menopause and perimenopause and the the experiences that people were having around it until I started working with like literally like hundreds of people and women I like I quite like to say people instead of women because it's like a it's like um a human thing so it could be people of like all genders that actually experience the menopause Mm. um but yeah so I kind of like started getting interested in it when I realized it was such like a big barrier to people and reaching their goals I was like okay like there's more to this so that kind of made me go into like doing some more research about it and then that's very much like my specialism right now I would say is working with that that group of people but I think like sometimes we say oh yeah it's quite like a niche group but it isn't like 50% of the population will go through the menopause at some stage in their life so yeah it's really important for us to like know more about it so I think that like conversations like this that you guys are facilitating it's really, really cool and like really, really key to like helping people and making people feel like more comfortable and more positive about it. I think one of the questions that you guys sent me through was like, someone was saying, please, please, please like say that this isn't all like a negative thing. Like, is there anything positive about the menopause? I thought that was like a really interesting question. Yeah, not all doom and gloom, you know, it's not this like looming grim reaper thing that's like, I don't know what's going to happen to my life. It's all downhill from here. Like we're going to try to put positive spin on that today absolutely so yeah, i'm excited to talk to you guys and like we can answer some of those questions it'd be really beneficial i think to like your followers and the people listening to the podcast which is awesome by the way i Thank you. told you before we started recording that i've been listening to like your episodes and yeah. your guest podcasts i think the last one i listened to was with alessia that was really really good yeah fertility with alessia that was really good they are we're, we're loving them i'm loving making them yeah it's great listening to the first sort of podcast that you did with emma um, and I messaged you and said, like, it's so, it's been so nice to hear the development of that relationship and the rapport and how easy it, you, like, you find it now to, compared to, <laughs> compared to, I think, yeah, those first couple. Then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I having that conversation with you being like, oh my God, I can't believe you, like, listened to that first podcast. It's just, like, really cringe. <laughs> it's not at all. It was really sweet. But I think it's, like, listening to it and, like, listening to, from listening to that first one, I was like, you can really hear the, the difference and the development which is is really nice yeah Thanks, so. <laughs> yeah. so menopause woo let's dive on in <laughs> so Catherine, yeah start with kind of the stages of menopause and what to look for and how it all kind of begins and what's going on if you don't mind yeah so i think that's like a really good place to start is like those definitions of the different stages so people that maybe don't know that much about the menopause might hear terms thrown about like perimenopause early menopause postmenopause menopause and i think sometimes people will talk about these things and lump them all under one like category and i think even just that can get quite confusing for people and make it harder for them to a like talk about it with other people or even just understand what they're going through themselves so I think just understanding the different phases of it really really helps to like break it down a little bit so I suppose like chronologically looking at the different phases of the menopause perimenopause is like first up in like that the the different like the transition into round one perimenopause round one yeah part one (laughs) chapter one (laughs) Um, so perimenopause is like a transition phase that's when we start seeing changes in hormones we start seeing changes in like physical symptoms mental symptoms those sorts of things that people struggle with and that's when hormones really start to fluctuate like predominantly like estrogen and that transition phase can last anywhere between like like five years to ten years everybody is very very different and that's something that I'm gonna like iterate like like say a lot during the podcast today is that everybody is different and everybody will experience the perimenopause the menopause differently and those symptoms differently and also like we need to do different things and adjust different things in their diet and exercise depending on what they're struggling with um i'm very good at going off on a tangent as well so please like rein me back in but yeah the perimenopause is like that first sort of transition phase and that can start from any time average about the age of like 45 is when generally people will start to see that that isn't saying that people can't go through the perimenopause a little bit earlier than that um kind of actually even like a step before perimenopause and chronologically a bit earlier some people can go through what is called early menopause and that's when they see like a cessation in 
their periods so their periods completely stop for 12 months before the age of 45 so that's like early menopause so that's like a medical term for like going through the menopause earlier than the average person in the population um so that transition phase of perimenopause and then you've got menopause which is defined as 12 months of like no periods and that's very like different to what we know as like hypo hypothalamic amenorrhea which happens like a lot earlier in life and for different reasons as well um so yeah you've got perimenopause is the transition menopause is just literally like a definition which is like your periods have stopped your estrogen levels have dropped and then postmenopause is anything after that point yeah cool so if somebody is thinking like I've, i'm feeling changes i like my periods are becoming more frequent or there's changes in like heaviness of periods say or um you know skipping from one month to the next and there's like feeling some changes and obviously there's a lot of chat about menopause at the minute as well and i think which is great um and a lot more people are talking about it and i hear it being discussed you know we discuss it in in pt sessions with you know and i have two three clients together women who are sort of sharing their experiences what are the signs and, and i know there are a lot of them but what would you what would be the main sort of signs and um symptoms that people could sort of start going oh hang on a minute i need to start tracking this and and, and logging you know where i am i think like that looks very different for different people and i think just even what you said there Lindsay, about like tracking the signs and symptoms is really really like a key part of recognizing when you're moving into perimenopause and the menopause i think that is really really important and something that often gets overlooked especially when people like will then go to their doctor for help if they're thinking about like going on hrt so i think like one key bit of advice from me would be to track your symptoms even like if it's changes in your period i think that can be a really good place to start is actually just tracking periods so like you say the regularity will change they may get heavier, they may get lighter, your PMS symptoms might change, you might find that they get like less, or they might get more, or they fluctuate from month to month. Um, and even like yeah, the cycle length can, can completely change. And some months will be different to other months when it comes to like actual like menstruation. Um, but other signs and symptoms to look for, like a lot of like the common ones, I would say would be like the hot flushes, like that's like a really common symptom that we hear people talking about. That's not to say that everybody will get that, but a lot of people do. Another common symptom or like a sign of menopause would be like muscle and joint soreness, like aches and pains, that sort of thing. Even like in the absence of exercise as well, people will still experience that. Um, again, that's not saying that everybody will, but some people will. Um, other things would be like dif difficulties with sleep. So like insomnia, um, night sweats, um, other sort of like less common symptoms or maybe symptoms that people like will overlook or not really associate with the menopause would be like changes in hair growth like or hair loss so like that would kind of be down to like hyperandrogenism so that's more to do with like the um, hormone testosterone so what people might notice is actually like irregular hair growth so like they might see like darker hairs growing in certain areas especially like on like their face um, which can be like a little bit like scary as well because you like see those changes in your body and you're not used to them and it's a bit like oh I feel like I don't know my body anymore like yeah. I've had a lot of conversations with like clients and potential clients who are like oh we're really worried about these things and they're like I feel like I don't know my body anymore because there's all these different things happening that I'm just not used to um so like mm -hmm. yeah things like that hair loss um yeah I mean, what of... other things like that? sorry oh, one of the worry. questions my client had was um she's starting to notice changes in skin and hair and she's like is this perimenopause or am I just being paranoid because all of her friends have just started going through it yeah. so they're all talking about it and now she's like really hyper aware of all the changes and she's like so is this perimenopause or am I just like overthinking things and I guess my answer for her would be she's not overthinking things like you know don't doubt yourself like if you if you're having changes and they align with perimenopause and this could be the start and it's still good to track either way it may not be but it might be and it's better to feel empowered and go in with like okay my skin started changing here my hair started changing here her periods are still regular but that could be the next thing and she can go in going all oh, right okay these are these are happening now and i can go in knowing that it's been this long and these yeah. 
this is what to expect for me. I think it's just evidence gathering, isn't it? No matter what, like even if it ended up being an, another health issue, like the more evidence you've got to take in to a doctor, like the better mm-hmm. like armed you are and, and prepared you are and the more information you've got to give. So uh, in a little Rather bit when we like get further into the podcast, on. definitely going to talk about that and like going to the doctors with your evidence and not taking no shit <laughs> like this one grinds my gears what do i say boils my piss but we'll talk about that a little bit a <laughs> little bit down the line but sorry catherine what did you yeah. say yeah i think like you're totally right guys about like feeling empowered by actually like looking at the symptoms that you're getting so like i think particularly like as women we tend to like bury our head in the sand when it comes to like just general health issues a lot of the time like I certainly find this if I have like any health issues I'm like oh it's fine like I'll just ignore it or go away yeah. like don't really like track things properly or like yeah write them down and then take things to the doctor and advocate for myself and I think like a lot of people struggle with that and I think yeah the key is is not burying your head in the sand and actually being like okay like these changes are happening I'm gonna need to accept that and I'm gonna keep a record of it and like everybody goes through this and I think that like using like a bit of self-compassion and that common humanity side of self-compassion is like I'm not the only person going through this there are other people that are going through this like literally millions yeah that's billions a good yeah because I think there's a lot of like shame attached <clears throat> do you find that with clients that you work with it seems to be like a oh like I'm a lesser of a person or do you know what I mean like I'm becoming <laughs> you know it, like a, a an old hag like it's that like they're kind of not wanting to admit I suppose in a way that that aging process is happening because also it's quite it's one of those things like it's that eternal youth thing isn't it that's perpetuated again sort of social media where you've got these celebrities who you look at and go how the heck do they look that good when they're 75 <laughs> like what's going on what's wrong with me they also um, can't frown yeah <laughs> they're just melted they stand too close to a fire but do you know what i mean it's yeah, like I that can't we can't age face, it's yeah <laughs> So the most popular question I was given, at least, that was asked by so many people was, what can I do to be ready? Like, they're quite a lot of them sound like they were going into battle. Like, how yeah. can I be ready? What can I prepare for? Let's go. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things that I thought about when I was, like, reading that question that you sent through was actually, like, for, especially for, like, maybe, like, our younger clients who are in, like, their 20s and their 30s or even, like, their early 40s is that there is so much that you can do years in advance of heading into perimenopause that will support you later down the line and that's not saying that if you're already at the stage of like coming into the perimenopause that you don't have like there's nothing you can do like that's not true there are so many like lifestyle factors that you can change and particularly if you're like a client of like Lindsay and Lawrence or a client of mine you're already going to be doing like a lot of the things that are going to support you in through into the menopause and that that includes like like things like resistance training is huge and like it's hugely beneficial to be supporting the muscle mass that we have because with one of the physiological changes that we see in the menopause is that drop in estrogen and that's like one of the things that I think like a lot of us like un- like know happens but maybe we don't understand what implications that has on our long-term health so yeah one of the things that we can do is make sure that we're resistance training we're staying active we're eating a balanced healthy nutritious diet with plenty of protein in it um, and I think even like like technically like non-physiological, non-physical things like talking to other people, whether that's your friendship group, whether that's your mum, whether that's your grandma, whether that's like people in the office, like there are loads of people that you can talk to about it because I like, I, I never spoke to my mum about menopause, like she never spoke yeah. to it about me. And I think like the first conversation I ever had with her was like, I think it was like last year. I was like, oh, like did you struggle with the menopause and she wasn't even like she wasn't very open about it she didn't really say much but it seemed like she was totally fine and she kind of breezed through it Mm. um I think like even just like being able to talk to other people about it is is a huge part of mentally preparing yourself for for going into battle but it isn't a battle like it's a it's just a it's a phase of life and I think that like accepting that that's going to happen is a massive part of being ready for it so speaking of mums one of the questions was um Will it be similar to my mum's or is that total bobbins? Bobbins. Bobbins, I'll you. <laughs> I mean, as far as like I've seen from the research, and I don't know if you guys have seen anything different, is that would I, I think that that is total bobbins. Um, genetics don't, as far as I'm aware, play a massive role in 
how you experience the menopause. So if your mum has gone through it really badly or experienced really bad symptoms, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is going to be the case for you. Well, lifestyle factors again. Like, yeah. say, you know, women of like my mum's age, resistance training was not a thing. Yeah. Like they, it was like town hall. Go and do diets. some. Go and do some Jane Fonda workout. Um, <laughs> Jane Fonda so, makes another appearance. I bloody, you know, my memories of Jane Fonda workout videos. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think that's an advantage though now because you know you think about like they did not that was not a thing it was not the trend it was not the fashion to be like lifting to be deadlifting or back squatting or whatever um it would have been like minim, minimal people doing that where actually you know we have been doing that for a long time so of course that's going to impact it isn't it and i think the more people know about well actually you need to eat more protein like, it, again all of those things are going to affect it where you know our mums might have had a very different you know teenage phase like that early sort of you know when everything is developing and you're you know the pill and stuff like that all of those things that have an effect on our hormone yeah. levels of... so yeah you're right like so much lifestyle differences yeah. because like my mum had three kids i think when she was going through well i think i know i've got a brother and a sister so she definitely had three <laughs> she kids had three but <laughs> i won't have three children when i go through menopause so already like yeah. my lifestyle is going to be completely different and again one of the questions that a client asked was how can i manage three like teenagers and their hormones as well oh, as my hug. own like menopause and hormones and not have a mental breakdown basically you need a hug that's what oh. you need <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i think that like that is a big thing that I see with a lot of my clients. So they'll have like a young family or they'll have like, yeah, like kids that are coming up into their teenage years and they're experiencing changes in their hormones. Um, that person who's going through the menopause may be like in a stage of their life where their career is quite stressful or they, they're climbing the career ladder or they've got elderly parents that they need to be looking after who are, or who are maybe like getting ill. So it can be like, it can be like a stressful time of life and there can be a lot going on. I think like one of like the key things for me and like the key message is try not to compare yourself to what you were doing maybe like 10 years ago and how your life looked 10 years ago. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be like everything, like every part and facet of life needs to be perfect and yeah. it needs to be all running 100% all the time. And I think that's just really unfair to place that pressure on yourself. Um, and I know that like from like for me, like as I like, uh, like I don't have kids and like I, I like, I don't have those pressures so it's easy for me to be like oh it's fine like don't like worry about it too yeah. much but yeah don't try and like make everything perfect and reach out for help like if, if you have the ability to like get a coach to help you like sort out some of these things and take away some of like that decision fatigue like get somebody to be like okay let's do this this and this and let's put a plan in place yeah. i think like there are things you can do yeah. to support yourself i think stress management is a huge one when it comes to mm. supporting clients going through menopause because yeah. it is the stress because they're stressed about the symptoms they're stressed about not understanding stressed about the kids stressed about work stressed about trying to exercise then feeling guilty if they don't and it's like a lot and i think being able to manage that stress is so important so i've got clients that manage it in different ways through like journaling meditation exercise has been a huge one and that's even just 20 minute walk a day yeah. whatever's going to work for you that's realistic like if doing two hours of yoga a week and three journaling sessions a week and four strengths if it's too much and it's going to add more stress to you trying to manage your stress that's not that's not a great way of managing your stress load so figuring out what is actually going to manage that stress and and like you said not comparing to other parents as well like at this time of year, I see so many parents posting their elf on a shelf things, and it's like an elf on a shelf battle. Like, and I've seen it the last few years, like, which parents can do the best elf on the shelf, and like, what parents aren't seen to be doing what, and like, there's so much kind of like competition, but only in their own, their own minds. No one's looking at other parents, but they always take it on themselves. And I think it's so important as a mum going through menopause to re- like get like let go of that like you were saying Catherine like not compared to who you were 10 years ago not comparing to another parent you are doing your best now now yeah well you're a parent I don't do elf on the shelf be fine I think your children will grow up I did it once it lasted about 10 days and then Ada was just like not going to sleep and I was like I'm not getting up at one o'clock in the morning to put an elf somewhere (laughs) I don't know I might get the concept of it together well it's just supposed to be fun and it's not fun 
yeah <laughs> I have friends who yeah, are exactly. really great at it but anyway yeah that's an aside but I think also coming back to you know we're going about um like tracking the symptoms and um going to the doctor and seeking help it's like you kind of when you're a parent you do kind of go I'll deal with it later I'll deal with it later I'll deal with it later and you don't make yourself a priority in that way and as we've discussed you know before about people feeling guilty even about just exercising or feeling guilty about oh, I can't go for a walk because I've got this deadline and it's like well actually like are you going to be more productive with your work if you just go out for a 20 minute walk and clear your head or even just a 10 minute walk get outside get some fresh air and clear your clear your headspace and organize your thoughts so I think you know and and the, the point about you know not comparing yourself I've got a client who's you know had some illness and she's like oh you know I'm really cross with myself that I didn't look after myself better when I was younger and I'm like but you're doing the work now you know it doesn't really matter because that time is gone so you know if you're doing all of the stuff that you know we're discussing and you're improving how much protein you're taking in and you're increasing your daily exercise and you're eating more vegetables you're trying to get more fiber in and you're taking a little bit more time for yourself that's you know that's all you can really worry about so all you can really focus on is what you're doing about it now to mm. sort of future-proof yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, so, Catherine, another one of the questions for you was, how can diet and exercise help my symptoms and are there any supplements that would help? Yeah, that's a good question. Is I think we often think that there's, like, a secret recipe or, like, there's something that I'm not doing or not including that is, like, special or, like, really specialised to menopause. Yeah. When actually like generally the stuff that you would be doing beforehand to like help with your overall health and well-being is exactly the same like as it was like as it is now so I think like the main things again for me are like resistance training but with the caveat that you may need to look at changing like the volume of your resistance training so like how many sessions you're doing a week or how long those sessions are or how many sets of each exercise you're doing you may need to make adjustments based on how you're feeling that week or that day or like are you more sore this week than you were last week if so let's reduce the intensity or let's actually like reduce the amount of weight that you're lifting this week so I think that whilst resistance training like is really really important and a really important factor when it comes to exercise is that you're okay with being more flexible with it to help with the symptoms that you're going to be experiencing through menopause perimenopause like with the drop in estrogen what you'll see is that muscle is is harder to recover between each session sometimes sometimes you might be absolutely fine in which case it's important that we we like change things if we need to change things when it comes to training um again like diet diet is again exactly the same thing like protein is really important to help with muscle recovery like Lindsay had mentioned also my hot water bottle keeps making noises because I'm like <laughs> fruit and vegetables another really key thing and supplements i i would suggest um vitamin d again i would i would recommend that to all my clients particularly if you live in the uk um between the months of october and march so basically now <laughs> when yeah, it's yeah. like dark and cold and the days are really short and calcium if you find that you're not getting enough calcium in your diet you can always supplement with calcium um that's one of the things that we see like a long-term health impact of reduced estrogen levels is reduced bone mineral density so if you're making sure you're getting enough calcium and vitamin d in your diet that can help to a certain degree um yeah good nice should i ease up on cardio talking about activity yeah, i saw this one yeah mm -hmm. i think that that's like uh i would suggest that that's like a bit of a myth in terms of like having to reduce your cardio i think what that kind of stems from is how i'd mentioned before about it being maybe sometimes a bit harder to recover between sessions what uh, like including a lot of cardio within your training regime can do is reduce your opportunity to recover between your workouts which is probably where that sort of myth comes from if you enjoy doing cardio and you get a lot of benefit from it and it makes you feel good and it helps with your fitness definitely include it but also don't overdo it and if you're working with a coach they can help you identify what's the right level of that alongside resistance training and i think like those two things and like hand in hand are like a really good sort of mix there for your overall health and well-being so definitely don't like reduce your cardio if you don't need to and again like if you're not struggling with recovery and you're not struggling with joint pain and, and aching then 
it's not necessarily something that you need to reduce. Yeah, I think it's it's maybe one of those where um, people, are, because resistance training is talked about so much as being so beneficial that people are like, well, do I do one or the other? Like, what should I, you know, what's what's the best kind of ratio? And again, I think it's one of those, there's no magic number. It's really individual, what, what's right for Excellent. you. Yeah, totally. The same client had also asked, where can I get real information from? I feel like I'm just seeing loads of myths and not really sure what's true, what's not. Mm-hmm. I think that had they said that they'd I haven't read this book that they had mentioned I can't remember what you guys oh, said perimenopause power Maisie Hill yeah and your client had like described it as like being quite like an emotional take on the menopause as opposed to like a scientific and like factual thing mm. that was right no. yeah yeah so I think like I think like that side of menopause has its place and I think it's like a really good way to like read around it but if you're after like more factual information and like science back stuff then like some of the key places that I would point you in the direction to would be people like so like special menopause specialists like Dr Louise Newson however what I would say about like some of those like specialist specialisms is that the nutritional information is quite limited and sometimes not that accurate so I would, I would follow those people more for like the medical side of, of it and the information that they give out on like HRT, for example, so hormone replacement therapy um, and how to look out for signs and symptoms and how to log those signs and track those signs and symptoms. A really good app actually for like if anybody who's interested in logging their symptoms and is like, I'm not sure where to start when it comes to doing that is to download what's called the Balance app. And that's an app that's designed by Dr. Louise Newson and her team. And I think that's like a really, really good way to track your symptoms. And it also gives you a good sort of way to then go to your doctor to advocate for yourself, because I think you can even like generate a report through that um, based on what you've been tracking over time. And then that helps your doctor help you better. So that's a really good resource is Balance. There's a free version of it. I think there's a paid for version. You don't need the paid for version if you don't want the paid for version. But again, like take the nutritional and exercise information with a pinch of salt, Um, particularly like the stuff around like the Zoe study. I think that there's a lot of like bias within that. Um, So if you're wanting to get nutritional information, exercise information, like you have coaches that you can go to, like such as like us three, like who are very well versed in menopause and can give you like really good guidance. And the guidance is very individual. So it's not like a, here's one size fits all, or here's like one approach that works for everybody. You are an individual and you need an individual approach. So I think that's like really key to remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys like have anywhere else that you would point clients towards when it comes to like getting factual information? I don't have anybody that springs to mind specifically, um, like you said, like, uh, was it Laura or somebody? I hadn't actually heard of her. So I don't have anybody specific. But what I was going to say was, like, what really does frustrate me is, like, obviously people who are writing books and bringing out their own supplement range for menopause symptoms and things, they have their own agenda, they have their own biases, they are going to push things for sales, and they know that 50% of the population is going to make them a lot of money and a lot of these women are desperate and will try anything if they think it might work so to really go in with I don't know a critical eye I suppose with like is that actually true like before you go into Holland and Barrett and spend a hundred pounds on random supplements because or, or, or a book that some random person's brought out because they've got PhD in their name but actually that PhD is in Christmas tree decorating (laughs) like check check out the facts first before you throw your money at something because often it is a complete waste of money and to be honest if you're listening to this podcast you'll have all the answers by the end of it i i use the stacy sims um wild um tracking app because it has exercise you can log how you feel in training as well on that one which i had the balance one um and there's, there's no exercise you can't put exercise or anything in there so you can it it's kind of like the whoop you know like whoop like where you can it gives you like a sort of a, a readiness to exercise like a recovery score sort of thing which I do find quite useful and it's it has been very accurate for me um so you can put in like you know if you've got constipation if what your mood's like and you can sort of give yourself a grading level like you do with the balance app 
um but then you can also put in like your muscle soreness um your motivation to train like all of that stuff as well so i've i found that one quite useful i know stacy sims is a little bit like um <laughs> my mate <laughs> again yeah there's one of those things isn't it but but the app actually i've i've found that quite useful and quite accurate in terms of but then there's also that thing of like yeah well no shit i knew i had a shit night's sleep last night so yeah of course i feel really fatigued today and i'm just gonna follow how i feel so i think there's a certain level of like using your own like trusting your own intuition on it and following how you feel as to what you do that day um or that week um but yeah i think that but in terms of like having a sort of read out of like oh well i tracked this this and this and, and it also tells you like if you're say um sleep is down on average so it'll give you like a whether you're staying the same on motivation for example or whether like your um pms symptoms have gone up or do you know what i mean so it gives you kind of over a month you get like a report like again i think you do with the balance app um the other thing i was going to ask you um because i get this all the time because i talk a lot about it is these on instagram the ads for like the menopause supplements and all of this stuff that's like targeted towards so anybody else any other women who are talking about menopause on the regular or perimenopause or talking about these symptoms are going to get these ads through yeah. when instagram is always listening um for all these sort of targeted you know oh now now this is a thing and we're going to push this these supplements and what have you on women what is your opinion on those I think that's like really frustrating thing, especially for like us coaches seeing that is that we know that someone has like Lauren was saying like someone has an agenda to push and they have like a supplement to sell um yeah my opinion on that it's very much in like the realms of like the quick fixes for people who are looking to like lose fat like it's uh it's a fad and it's like a I I think it's like it's a shame because it's targeting a vulnerable group of people really struggling like some not everybody but like some people do really really struggle through the menopause and they'll do like anything or like buy from anybody in order to feel better mm-hmm. and I think like it's just really disappointing to see especially if it's someone who portrays himself as like a health and fitness coach but I think that like for us like we're in like a little bubble of like really nice coaches and we like know really amazing coaches and people who are like like they really care about what they do and they care about their clients and their clients health and like just general well-being and it's just such a shame to see other coaches doing that and know that it's out there and I think the way that we can sort of counteract that is by just keep on having conversations like this and pushing out factual science-backed like information and advice um but I think it's also like on the consumer as well to sort of filter these things out and be like actually this is a fad or it's it's like it's not going to help um but it's it's frustrating it's really frustrating like because there's not much we can do about stopping other people from like putting out that information but that's like you say you know it's it's like i do i i make sure that when this has happened like i'll have the conversations with people because i'm like i know you're going to be getting this because we're all stood in a room talking about it so if you see these adverts just Mm. hide ignore Um, the other good person um i'm doing my menopause course with is jenny burrell um and she does it's called woman on fire um and i think you know it's for for people who are coaches and PTs. It's useful. And there's loads of different doctors that could, you know, there's lots of different lectures on that course. And I went and did that because I was like, where is the science? Where is the information? Like, and and for me, that was, you know, there's a lot of studies on there, and it's all in sort of one place for me as a coach. But helping women through this phase is something that I feel pretty passionate about because you just want, as a coach, you just want your clients to feel their best and your friends to feel their best and so i'm like the more information we can take on ourselves then thrive not survive honey. yeah exactly, exactly something that popped into my head i don't know if this was on the eiq nutrition thing or where i got this from but there's something about like the expectation effect of like you might be doing something that you think is really going to help your symptoms there was a study done on it yeah. and it was something that it was like placebo effect like the women saw an improvement in symptoms even though they weren't actually taking anything that was physiologically going to help with their symptoms so if you go in thinking this is actually going to help my symptoms i'm going to sleep better i'm going to have more energy in my workouts you actually will so going in with more of like a positive 
mindset I suppose and you know not expecting the Grim Reaper on your shoulder every day and it I mean that's easier to say they did this in a scientific experiment where they actually took something but yeah it just shows that like your mindset is so mm-hmm. big when it comes to managing your symptoms and your stress and everything yeah yeah I totally agree like the placebo effect can be really powerful in all settings or like just it's not just like localized to the menopause but I totally agree is that things like that can actually like having a placebo pill can reduce some symptoms of certain things yeah um, so I'm thinking if you're if your mate Karen comes over like I've been taking this pill and all of my symptoms have cleared up it's amazing it's God's gift like it might have actually worked for her in the sense that she expected it to and she's forking out loads of money so she wanted it to work for her that doesn't mean it's actually physiologically doing something or that it's going to work for you yeah but she's buzzing about it so if she's on a roll with it I'm not gonna go Karen it's load of shit Karen you know let her have it but like you know just is it always Karen I don't poor Karen (laughs) critical thinking I suppose um so another question we got asked loads was about when will it end like how long will it last when do the symptoms stop and if you've had no period for 12 months do the symptoms then stop or do they carry on as well mm-hmm. yeah that's a really good question again like it's it's very individual but generally on average what we see is people will start going through perimenopause about age 45 and then hit hit menopause <laughs> it's like you've been hit by a truck like reach the point of menopause at the age of about 51 52 at which point that's when you see period stopping and generally that is when we see a reduction in the fluctuation of estrogen so we would i think a lot of people assume that when we go through menopause that estrogen just like in a linear trend just like drops and drops and drops and drops and then we reach the end and then that's it but actually it look is fluctuating it's like when we look at the scales and fat loss like the scales fluctuate on a day-to-day basis but generally like weight will go down over a period of time in line with fat loss so it's kind of like that if you were like to compare it to like another graph mm-hmm. but yeah the, the estrogen drops over time it fluctuates which is why the people see like a big swing in like their moods and their symptoms over the stage of perimenopause which can last anywhere like five years ten years time but symptoms should improve after that point when everything settles down it's like it's kind of like everything has settled down and that like estrogen has leveled off again. It's lower than it was pre-menopause, but it's leveled off. Mm. Um, so you should expect to see um, symptoms reducing. Yeah. I think like one thing that helps some people massively, and this isn't for everybody, is hormone replacement therapy. Um, so if you like are really struggling with symptoms through perimenopause and even like coming out the other side of perimenopause, it's always worth having a chat with your doctor if like you are in a position to take HRT. Not everybody is because it may increase some people's risks of, for example, um, breast cancer, or if you have gone through breast cancer, it can increase your risk of like going back into having breast cancer. Um, but again, like it's something that is definitely a useful conversation to have with your doctor. Yeah, HRT. Um, yeah hate no yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt just hrt is such an important topic to discuss because i think it was or has been demonized for so long that women are scared of it and they they don't need to be scared of it if they've got the evidence of you know their symptoms and they haven't had breast cancer and they are really struggling like hrt can be life-changing i've had clients who are like it has changed my life and it's so important to go to your doctor and and ask about that and what that can help with is it can make it easier for you to like adhere to those lifestyle changes that you're trying to make like exercise more it can be really difficult if you're if you're having crap sleeps or if you're sore all the time to like exercise regularly and get like into a good routine of exercise and if hrt can even reduce some of those symptoms slightly and make it easier for you to get to the gym or like to go out walking then it's worth it because it kind of like is almost like a snowball effect as well It, it helps you to do these healthy lifestyle factors a lot more easily and then you'll feel better for that. So like a combination of lifestyle changes and HRT is like a winning formula, I suppose, when it comes to feeling better. And and also like, like supporting your long-term health as well, as well as just like those short-term um, symptoms that you see in menopause. Like 
making sure that like your bone mineral density isn't reducing massively like if you have hrt it kind of brings your your hormone levels your estrogen levels back up again and it supports like it's actually crazy when you look at like the research estrogen has like a massive role in so many different cells in the body and it basically like has a protective effect over them which is like generally why women live longer as well because we have more estrogen um so, yeah, it's really, like, interesting. Yeah, and so I've had stories from clients who have known people go to their doctors, bam, straight away on HRT. Other times, they're like, eh, no, I'm going to put you on sleeping pills. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, we'll try antidepressants. Yeah. And they and the doctor just, like, for whatever reason, that doctor doesn't want to put them on HRT. They haven't done. What I would say, if you feel you really need to go on HRT, is just get a second opinion. Always go for a second opinion. And a third. And, and, and a third. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the doctors will, will know if it's not right for you um but if if you're really struggling and they just keep whacking you on other pills because if they put you on sleeping pills or antidepressants that then leave you feeling worse and more groggy then go for a second opinion and put the time and effort in to go back to the doctors and and demand better really well and making you know giving yourself as much information to go in with as well coming back to the sort of logging and tracking of of symptoms that you have a decent timeline of like this is what I'm going through and this, you know, the more information they've got, the more they should be able to help. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like doing, like those other things, like the giving someone antidepressants, it's just kind of like putting a plaster over like a hole in a bucket. <laughs> it's like, it's only going to last so long. Yeah. Um, whereas HRT will get more to the root of the problem. And HRT looks very different to what it did, like however many years ago. Um, like it's like bioidentical now. So it's, I suppose like, more natural i'm doing that in inverted comments so it's actually i think hrt is made from it's like made from like yams so like that's the way that it's produced whereas before it was very synthetic and actually like the risks of getting like developing cancer were a lot higher with more like a synthetic hrt but now it's like a more natural one so there's a lot less risk and it's all about like weighing up like the pros and the cons to that like what actually is the risk of getting cancer versus actually like your bone mineral density reducing and then your risk of like falls and fractures later in life okay like weigh that weigh those risks up and you can do that with your doctor that's certainly not anything that like we're um qualified to do but speak to your doctor about those things if you're worried about the risks yeah absolutely so in terms of the uh symptoms for example we've got two questions which i think are, are, are nice because it's like there's one is how to navigate the inevitable dips in mood that i have but also on the flip side is that the positives are that it's made this person make positive changes that they wouldn't have made if they weren't experiencing these symptoms so it's kind of like you know yes we've got some negatives and there are dips in mood and etc but also the flip side is we're doing something about it which is great um so navigating dips in mood what would you what would you suggest i think very much like any any point in life where you have dips in mood it's like understanding that you can't necessarily like control or you shouldn't feel like the need to control the dips and actually it's about like riding them out and how you respond to them um and making sure that you have like ways in which you can navigate your emotions so like actually when you are feeling low what is it that you do to help you get through that point like that that time like do you have strategies that like things that you know will help you feel a little bit better and lift your mood slightly like things that you enjoy doing and that can be very difficult when you are in that low point to actually be like okay I'm gonna like I'm gonna like do this thing that makes me feel better it can be difficult just to motivate yourself to do that yeah another thing is like actually like speaking to like a therapist or a counselor can be can make a massive change like doing the mental work as well as like the physical work is really really important so what that might look like is like psychotherapy and cbt and i think it's uh, like most stages of people like most people at some stage in their life will benefit from doing some sort of counseling or therapy and if you are really struggling with like depression anxiety which is another like common symptom in the menopause it's like speak to somebody about it, speak to a specialist about it if you have access to that. And you can do that through like going on a waiting list with the NHS, or if you have the means to do that privately, do that privately. Um, So I think like for me, like my main tip there would be to get like professional help with how to manage your your mood. 
and they'll give you tools to go away with. You won't have to do therapy forever. You may do like, I don't know, like eight sessions and then you feel like you've come out of it with the tools to be able to help you with your low moods. Mm. Um, and again, like exercise is a huge thing. Like that's massively mood boosting. Um, so we would always, I like, you know, you guys would encourage people to do that as well. Yeah. What would be some of your tips? Nature, <laughs> get outside. Like, because it, it's a combination of your walking, so you're getting your exercise in, but also being around greenery is and, and nature is proven to improve our mood mm-hmm. and body image and so many other things. Like, it it is so important to get outside. Like, but like you said, when you're in those dips, it's hard to look out the window and go, "Oh, I'm just gonna go for a twenty minute walk in the pissing rain." Like, it is difficult to pull yourself out of those. It's just why it's good to have things in place, the people in place you need, the simple activities that you need in place, a coach you can just call or text saying hey i'm not not feeling it today like have things in place and you are in those dips you can come out of them a little quicker or or easier yeah i think it's like having the having the support because i have people get you know who'll message and say oh i'm feeling really anxious today or whatever and then just that one person to go just come along you do you know we'll we'll see how you feel we'll get started if we need to just do some gentle stretching today that's what we'll do like if you've got some some support in whatever form that is if you've got a coach who's you know understands where you are and how you're feeling in general and that you have these days where you're feeling that way then it's just sometimes all you need is that little bit of reassurance or that little bit of encouragement to go right hang on a minute yeah you're feeling crappy today but let's think about what do you want like what what coming back to values again like we do with nutrition I think you know it's that thing of why are you doing this and how do you want to feel and will sitting on your sofa eating a family-sized bag of crisps like is that gonna you know you're wallowing at the end of the day and and again I'm not saying that there's there are days where you just will feel really low and rubbish but always some exercise some movement some fresh air and some social contact as well like seeing you know texting a friend and just saying i'm feeling really low can like could we meet up for a walk and a coffee you know i think it's it's reaching out again and just having just changing changing the tune of the day really if you wake up and you're feeling rubbish then even when you're feeling at your crappiest remembering that whatever action you take is going to make you feel better because you've been proactive and you've gone right I've got my shoes by the door I'm going to just get outside and I'll see where this day takes me rather than saying I'm going to glue my backside to the sofa yeah yeah it's about like what's like what you find to be like nurturing versus depleting yeah and even if you feel like actually taking action straight away when you're feeling like that like even just writing down what you're doing like yeah. hour by hour in that day can be really useful to help you recognize the behaviors that are nurturing yeah. and the behaviors that are depleting um and then you can then go on to it, like okay like i know that actually going getting up and having a shower or going out for a 20 minute walk is good for me so i'm going to try that um yeah, yeah like all those things are nature and totally. nurture do you want to oh. hit one of those two? Oh. Okay, next so question. Many questions. I so know, much. I know. We'll have two more and then we'll probably yeah, wrap it up. We'll um, why do my joints hurt more than they ever have? Is there anything I can do to make them feel normal again? Mm-hmm. Again, it's about the reduction in estrogen that you see. So estrogen has a protective effect over like muscle cells, um, like tendons and ligaments. And as the amount of estrogen reduces, it has like less of a protective effect. So generally, like the things that you can do are, again, like resistance training to strengthen those things, which can be really difficult if you're already really sore. But if you can find the right amount of resistance training to do and the right amount of movement and you're not overdoing it, it does help over time. Also making sure you're eating enough protein to help those muscles recover. We're going back to the same thing. It is the same, simple, yes. It's yeah. really boring, isn't it? Yeah. But it's true. <laughs> Maybe what about like fish oils and eating fatty, fishy, oily, fishy foods? Fishy though? foods. Fishy foods. <laughs> fish <laughs> Ben Jerry's fish food. Fish, fish fingers in Warburton's bread definitely counts. Yeah. 100, 100 <laughs> things like that. I mean, I haven't, I don't know if you guys have, I haven't read any research specifically about fish oils and like joint soreness, but it's not gonna hurt definitely not mm. um i might i might actually go and research that after we've gone away um because i can you see guys like know that. on that one i've yeah. thrown out a curveball yeah. there <laughs> Enough, yeah. so mechanics behind it do you think like yeah 
Um, well, omega-3s like, omega are beneficial anyway, aren't they? So to include in your diet. So yeah. like you say, it's not going to hurt. And if it helps a little bit, then great. So last question is, can perimenopause affect digestion and gut health? I seem to get bloated more often and affected by foods that didn't used to bother me. Yeah, absolutely. That's like a symptom that we see. So um, like last year, Emma and I did like a big, like it was kind of research, but not research. That's like a really loose term to use. It wasn't research. We like sent out a big questionnaire and we got loads of people to fill it in. We got like hundreds of people replying and it generally was like a people that were experiencing the symptoms the worst that actually replied rather than people being like oh actually i like breeze through the menopause it was people that really struggled so one of the things that we saw within that like one of the questions was like what symptoms did you or have you struggled with through menopause and like one of them that came up that i was really surprised about was like people suffering with ibs or digestive issues or them noticing changes in their digestion or like how frequently they went to the toilet and stuff like that so it certainly is a symptom that we see in the menopause I think like if you know what is a good thing to do is like again like it comes back to tracking doesn't it and like yeah. like looking at what foods you're eating and are there certain foods that are causing issues like do you notice there's any patterns there and if there are like you might need to like reduce certain foods again I would be cautious about cutting out like entire food groups because then you risk like missing certain key nutrients in your diet but yeah keep a record of like that and if you're really, really struggling, speak to a dietitian, speak to your doctor. And again, HRT is something that can help reduce some of those digestive problems and di- digestive symptoms. Um, so that, yeah, is one key. You don't just eat like a balanced, nutritious diet, like eating plenty of fruit and veg is really important for gut health in general. I just remembered the, a few weeks ago during a class, two of my clients were chatting about menopause and their symptoms. They both agreed that their sweat now smells like onion. Have you have you heard of like different changes in body smell? Well, I, I'll tell you. When I was breastfeeding, I never had body odor in my life. And I was when I when I had Amelie, one armpit, one armpit. I was like, what is that smell? And I was like, oh my god, it's me. <laughs> and it absolutely like the strength of the smell was, but it's like hormonal changes must affect that because I've never ever experienced it. I was shocked to well, my Well, yeah, so they both agreed that their sweat <laughs> could smell it, Lindsay. Hmm? Was it just you that could smell it, Lindsay? Well, I don't know. Okay. I went and washed my armpits immediately. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> my armpits. Yeah, because it made me really like, I'm really, not, even now I'm like, oh, and I, I can tell, like, again, before my period, I know because my, that, that smell will, if I'm not like super on it, like, you know, if you've done, just done a gym session, I'm like, oh, that's not normal. That's not like, not my normal smell smell yeah do you know what i mean it is definitely stronger but keep on top of my hygiene so <laughs> so your, your smell might change guys so let's end on a positive note not a smelly note positive note it might not be that bad you could breeze through it but also knowledge is power the more you know going into it like the more empowered you are Catherine, what, what is there anything else you want to add yeah, I think, like, one of the questions that you guys sent through to me was, like, is there anything positive about this, like, what could be, like, a really scary time? And I think, like, there's even, like, these little things I was thinking about, like, okay, like, once you've gone through the menopause, you don't have periods anymore, right? Like, you don't have to, like, buy tampons and pads. I think, like, another thing that, that a lot of women find is that they can also, like, they can have sex without the worry about getting pregnant. So there's, like, little things like that, which are, like, maybe, like, more superficial for some people. But also it's, like, an exciting period of life where, like, you're seeing certain changes. You may have, like, progressed in your career. Your kids might be leaving home. And actually that might give you, like, more time to focus on yourself or even just, like, a reason to look after yourself better. And I've certainly seen that, like, with some of the clients that I've worked with for, like, a year or so, like, they came to me and they were really struggling. We've been really working on, like, their lifestyle. They've, they've maybe started taking HRT. But these lifestyle changes that they've been incorporating, they actually, like, feel better than they did, like, before they were going through menopause because they're doing all these things to look yeah. after themselves. Yeah. And I think, like, using it as, like, an opportunity, as, like, a, 
oh yeah like I really actually do really need to start looking after my health and I will feel the benefit of all these things that I'm doing over time um I think is like a really really key thing for me about like looking at it as a positive rather than be like oh it's a really crap time yeah, there's yeah. nothing you mentioned about being able to have sex and not get pregnant but what I'm going to touch on that we haven't said yet is about having sex and it's really common to have like vaginal dryness and sex become uncomfortable and not pleasant and that's really common and probably not going to get talked about as much amongst friends so like a water-based lubricant is super helpful for that um and i can't go a podcast without talking about flicking the bean so like honestly guys (laughs) have a little flick self-touch and self-care is is the advocate of masturbation (laughs) that's what she's gonna be like we decided i'm now called flick the bean pt so (laughs) you can change your handle and get some pleasure in your life yeah exactly it's important (laughs) feel good ladies feel good right well i'm gonna have to go i could talk for another hour i think with you thank you so much for coming on really really appreciate your time we'll do another we'll do another yeah. I would love to, and it's been really, really good like talking to you guys, and thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so you. much. Thanks, darling. Bye. Take Bye. care. Bye.